welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode 20 of the Wonderful Podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are, Yes, right? we are. <laughs> this is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Da Puma. I like that. You like the that was good. You that like was the growl, good. bro? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great intro. I feel like the uh, meow. Yeah, the meow is, went the way of the dodo. Yeah, yeah. It was not the best. So I think we've officially stuck with uh, Puma with a deep growl. Yeah. The Vince McMahon growl. I, I like it. You, know? you really not. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Um, yeah. How you been, man? Not bad. Not bad? Not bad. You know, uh... Besides the fact that we're doing this a second time over. Right. Because last night's recording was so jacked up. It was bad. It was For bad those people. of you that, like, that weren't here, I mean, Tara was here, and then our boy Pat from uh, Beer underscore Adventures underscore CT, he provides us with, uh, with you know, craft beers that he would recommend. He's he was, our provider. <laughs> he, was, he was in here, and we had great content for you, but when we did the playback, it literally sounded like we were informers for the Mafia. And they changed our voice to protect our identity. We literally sounded like the guy from Saw. What's that guy's name? Jigsaw, Jigsaw right? You want to play a game? Yeah, dude. We sounded that distorted. We sounded like we we're underneath water. Um, it was just bad, bad all the way around. And and the people and the professionals we are at the pure at the Pro Football Radio podcast, we want to make sure the listening experience is up to up to standard. Yep. So we took the time out of our day. <laughs> time away from our families and friends. Yep. To the beautiful record. weather. Yeah, the beautiful weather, right? To re-record so you guys can enjoy some great content. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, episode 20 is going to be great. But, Jay, we, we do have to address some things. Address some things, huh? Address what kind of things? some things. You know, a, a little bit ago, you did a post on the on the Instagram page. You can follow us at Pro Football Radio Podcast at Instagram. Uh, you did a post for the greatest number 12 of all time. Yes. And we had what was it? it was obviously it was Brady, it was Rogers, Staubach, and who am I missing? Uh, Rogers, uh, Staubach, uh, Bradshaw. That's right, yes. Terry Bradshaw. Yep. And there was no love for Jim Kelly. Yes. And your criteria, air quote criteria, was oh they had to be Super Bowl winning quarterbacks for for that post the criteria for, for that significant post. So right? then, and, and you're lucky, you're lucky. I didn't just put Tom Brady's picture up there because I knew that would have thrown you through the roof. So I was like, you know what? Let me just picture. Let me just go ahead and put a nice rosy picture so, around this post and throw three other people in there. Way. It so, doesn't really matter because we all know Brady's the greatest of all so time. I hit my bit and I put the facts out there. For Jim Kelly. And then last week, <laughs> you did a post for the greatest number seven of all time. And your list was, it was Elway, it was Big Ben, it was Michael Vick. And in the entire history of the National Football League, you put Ron Jaworski up there. Who only went to one Pro Bowl, one Super Bowl appearance. And then uh, I think he was NFC Player of the Year in the, the 1980s. What the hell was that about? Well, I personally like Jaws. The utter disrespect that you had for Jim Kelly was insane. Insane. Four Super Bowl appearances, pro football Hall of Famer, number retired by the Buffalo Bills. They don't retire jack shit up in Buffalo. And he gets snubbed, but Ron Jaworski, who is the Rex Grossman of the National Football League in the 70s and 80s, gets a picture of himself on the post. You're the LeVar Ball of the podcast. It's official. Let there ex- is something uh, wrong with you. Let me explain myself, okay? I like Ron Jaworski. I like him on ESPN. I like the content he brings on ESPN. You might as well put Trent Dilfer up there if that was the case. And in the grand scheme of things, Ron Jaworski has won those Super Bowls, right? No. Is he one? Is he one? He went to one. He went to one. But he won zero, right? Yeah. Same amount of wins as Jim Kelly's Super Bowls, right? So it's zero to zero in Super Bowl wins. So there it is. There's a criteria like the underlying factor for both of them, all right? Now, at the end of the day, I see Jim Kelly as the ultimate or the greatest number one loser, right? The guy went to four straight Super Bowls, couldn't close the deal. 
Um, right? At the end of the day, uh, me being a Patriots fan and a New England fan and uh, the Buffalo Bills being our rivals, I, you know, I just couldn't give him that kind of love. And the way I see him... But the you way put I a Philadelphia see, Eagle up there and the you, way, get, you lost two years ago to them? The, the way I see a Bills player and Jim Kelly is... Uh, they're all just trash, and that's why I call They're Jim all Kelly. Just trash. That's why I call Jim Kelly Trash Kelly. You They're know all saying? just trash. Again, like, there is something legitimately wrong with you. In the words of Stephen A. Smith, that is blasphemous of what you just said, Brennan. About guy, Jim Kelly, the guy no, 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 is no, no, the no, ultimate no, stat no, stuffer. You're gonna read off a bunch of. He's stuffer? the ultimate stat stuffer, but he's not. He's not a closer at the end of the day. He couldn't get his team to that winning. Then how the, the hell did Jaworski get on there when he hasn't even won a Super Bowl? His well, stats couldn't even hold Jim Kelly's jock. He's like ten thousand yards short of being anywhere near Jim Kelly for yards over the entire career in the NFL. Well, at the end of the day, both of them won no Super Bowls, right? And uh, I also. <laughs> Yeah, you and Sarah Oh, you two are the LeVar Balls of this podcast. Well, who are you bringing her into Le- this for? Oh, oh, why? Because we all know I love Sarah Oh, but when she's putting on the Instagram page trying to get at me with a comment being, oh, I only like Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, obviously she does not know that Ron Jaworski... What do you mean she does not know? She's a, she's a very uh, savvy football fan. If she knew fan. Jay... She knows. That, was, that, then that why comment, would she say, I what, like what Super What are you trying to say? What, what are you trying to say? That I like put that in her mind to say that? Uh, it's no. on verified authority. Who, who verified I it? I can't reveal a source. Oh, so that... Oh, okay. Where to go? Where to go? Verified authority that that is exactly what happened. Because as soon as I hit the pipe bomb of... Jaworski went to one Super Bowl and lost and was a one-time Pro Bowler, and he can't hold Jim Kelly's jock, a five-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, I just, and a Hall of Famer. You know what happened? Crickets. You couldn't hear shit listen, from anybody listen, on that comment all, page. All I know is, I know, actually, I find it funny that in 2019, you think Sarah O doesn't have the mental capacity to, like, have football knowledge. Oh, it's not, I'm just not saying she's that she chick. doesn't have the mental well, well, capacity. Whatever, whatever you're trying to say. Whatever you're trying to say. Whatever you're trying to say is that. Verified authority. That, that, was, that was a Sarah O comment through and through, all right? Uh, she's, a, she's a verified football fan now. I've, you know, <laughs> I've invested yeah, okay. a lot of time in teaching Are her football. Are you running a campaign? She's, she's, <laughs> she's a Buckeye fan now. She's big on the Buckeye uh, wagon. So, like, she knows. She just knows football now. Yeah. Right? Well, she again. To our, she listens to our podcast. Again. LeVar Chima, uh, it's on verified authority that uh, a little birdie was chirping a little bit. In the words of, uh, what would it be, New well, England? Give me your source. A little bit of tampering. Listen, listen. A little bit of tampering was so- involved. Give me a source. All right, just give me some I mean, I can't reveal a source. But it's on well-established authority that somebody may or may not have pulled a Jack Easterby with... Uh, Nick Casario at a ring ceremony being like the only person the only person that confirmed this is either me or Sarah O and I swear to God if she confirmed it's on verified authority if she said that oh it's on verified authority that somebody may or may not have pulled the Easter bee Sarah O if that's the case another fight's coming so LeVar Chima there is something wrong with you (laughs) there's nothing wrong with me yes there is the fact the fact that Jim Kelly is not even mentioned in the same like you're putting Jaworski higher than him. You could have put Mortensen, the kicker for the Falcons, who was also a number seven on there, and I wouldn't even have a problem. Yeah. I would have looked at him like, huh, all right, that makes sense. Can I be Lavar real- Chima did a little bit of a deep dive. Can I be real here for a second? What? Uh, on that Ron Jaworski post, I couldn't find a fourth quarterback that had the number seven jersey. And, and that, that was rate, actually... Just put three. I, just put three or put the kicker up there. With, with the amount of uh, hate coming my way, I sure just went with three at that point. Jesus. You know? Jesus. But that first post, let me, let me defend my first post. I also didn't give that much thought either because... I, w- I just wanted to throw Brady out there. I was like, listen, I haven't posted about Brady in a while. If I just throw out a Brady post, Brennan's going to lose his shit. <laughs> Call me a Patriot homer. <laughs> kick me off Instagram, right? <laughs> so I had to package it in a way where I was like, hey, who's the greatest number 12 of all time? Brady? Aaron Rodgers? Bradshaw? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If there comes a post for who is the greatest 13 of all time and you do not put a picture of Dan Marino, yeah. I don't care where I'm at. I could be in fucking France at the end of July. I will get a standby ticket back here, drive to your house, and beat you to death with my laptop. So, number, so greatest number 13s of all time, who would it be? It would be Dan Marino. Right. Odell. Yeah, he hasn't right. done enough. All right. Who else you can, off the top of your mind can you think of number 13? 
13. Philip Dorsett. <laughs> Patriots wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, they can't think. Well, that's the part, right? So, like, a lot of these, a lot of these, like, you know, Instagram posts were like, if I want to throw a Marino up there, like, who else am I going to throw up there for number thirteen? There's not really anybody else out there, you know. Mm. Um, besides doing some deep dive and doing some homework on this, like, I, the only two things I think of is Marino and Odell. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, Odell can't ha- handle, can't hang with uh, Marino just yet. You know what I'm saying? At the end right. of the day, you know, Odell's only a few years into his career, so. Um, but yeah, man, that that those posts are just simply me. Um, trying to throw some content up. Jesus. <laughs> and I got so Ron much backlash. Jaworski. You might as well have put Kyle Bowler up there, who was also a number seven for the Baltimore Ravens, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Rex, well, Gro- Rex Grossman of but, the 70s and 80s. But he's not, he's not, he doesn't have... He doesn't, so, he doesn't have what? He doesn't have what? So listen, who would you have put as the fourth um, number seven quarterback? More insane. Like, at that rate, if you are literally scraping the bottom of the barrel for a quarterback, yeah. put the goddamn kicker that's probably in the... I think he's in the Hall of Fame. If he is, you know, he should be. Looking back now, probably Nick Foles, truthfully. Yeah, he, I mean, hell, even he if he's got to go back. Yeah, yeah, he won a Super Bowl, so Nick Foles probably. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, I just... Uh, the logic. Yeah. Like said, oh, I'm a New I, England plus, fan, and he played for the Bills, so I yeah, can't put him up yeah, there. Yeah, I can't put The Eagles beat y'all in the Super Bowl two years ago, and rivals. that's okay. They're not rivals, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I call him Trash Kelly for a reason. So what if Eli the... Manning had a number seven on? Would you put him on the page? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah okay. Not. So, yeah, absolutely check not. your homerism at the door. No, <laughs> I, I, listen, I don't even – listen, at the end of the day, Brandon, I, I always tell you this. I'm not a – I'm not a – Analyst, I'm not going to provide you with fair and balanced analysis. No, I'm a homer. I'm a Patriots homer through and through, mm-hmm. and you're going to get that from this podcast. From me, uh, from you, you get more analysis than than me. But I, I simply just love my Patriots, and I'm going to tell you about the Patriots as much as I can. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Besides, besides that, what's your thoughts on the uh, the hard knocks clips I throw up there occasionally? Oh, I love them. Those are fucking hilarious. Those are, right? those are awesome. Oh my god, they're getting me like really like you're amped up for the uh, the hard knocks. Let's there, get a right? fucking snack. Like, how can <laughs> Dude, you hate that? that? Is, I swear, like I, I told you, I hate the Jets as well, right? Bills, Jets, Dolphins, hate them all. But that fucking line right there, Rex Ryan, I love that guy so much, yep. man. It's hilarious. That was great. And then, like, uh, the scene where they were at training camp yeah. and they had the fucking shake weight. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yes. I do remember that. Yeah. It's looking yes. a little suspect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a great hard knock. They were just coming off of an AFC Championship tour. Yeah. Yeah. I think they went to the AFC Championship later on that season. They're like really the only winning team that's ever been on Hard Knocks. And then uh, I remember on that Hard Knocks, Danny Woodhead was on the Hard Knocks mm-hmm. as well. And that was like um, um, the year the Patriots discovered Danny Woodhead when we picked him up when the Jets cut him. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great Hard Knocks. If I had to rank them, I think that was the best Hard Knocks of all time. Um, second was probably that Cincinnati Bengals with Ocho Cinco. Dude. Like, Ocho Cinco stole every single, like, scene he was in with Hard Knocks that year, you know? Dude, I loved... I mean, you're, we're never going to see that in the NFL again, but there's a scene, and I, I reference it at work all the time. James where, Harrison scene? Where they... Uh, what's up? The James Harrison scene? No, oh, no. Yeah. I reference... Uh, there's, there's one day of practice, and they make an announcement that they're doing the Oklahoma drill, yeah. and everybody's getting hyped up. So anyone that doesn't know what the Oklahoma drill is... You put two people, I think it's uh, two people on one, like one person's on one end, another person's on the other, and somebody is behind one side, like acting like a running back and trying to go through, and you have to stop the defender, like whoever gets pushed back loses. Yeah. So I reference that all the time. Like if we do an Oklahoma drill once a, once a month, I guarantee you productivity will go through the roof. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, we all know there's like one person where it's like, if we could just get one swing and not worry about human resources, yeah. like it'd yeah. be like Fight Club. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, dude. Like everyone, everyone oh. seems a little bit better. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the Club? chaos in your office if we just like? Oh yeah, Oklahoma drill. Oklahoma drill in the parking lot. You no, know, I think I know who you would do it to. As no, well. it'd be a, it'd be a, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I message, I message Pat, uh, our craft beer uh, aficionado, all the time, being like. We really need an Oklahoma drill. <laughs> we really need, it needs to happen. But I guarantee, like... Would it be somebody in management or would it be somebody as a regular... I'm not going down that rabbit oh, hole. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying yeah. an Oklahoma we drill... To, we don't want to edit that out again. Every, every now and then would probably be good for everybody. It'd be a bonding experience. Yeah. Just watch Fight Club. It worked out for everybody. <laughs> Until you find out that, you know, Ed Norton and... What's his name? Brad Pitt are the same guy. See, but for me, though, like, the Oklahoma drill and the pain... Um, like, listen, I... I 
I'm a very petty person. You know that, right? I'm well, very, you want to see pain, but you don't want to get hit. I want, I want to be, I'm a very vindictive petty person. And like, I think the Oklahoma drill wouldn't be enough for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would want to like douse their like coffee with laxatives for like a whole week and see wow. how that pans I mean, out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I want that kind of like, you know? I'll just, I, I'll I start want, with the Oklahoma drill. I want to put so much laxatives in their coffee that when they're in a meeting, they just diary everywhere. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now like, that is, now that is a different level of fuck you, right? That is, that is. But no, <laughs> Oklahoma drill is not even just about that. Yeah. It's like improved morale. It's yeah. like, all right, you got me this week. I'll get you next month. Yeah, like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. You see a bunch of Rocky montages. Like, you know, there's like the smallest person in the office is trying to do like tire flips in the parking lot, trying to get ready. And they get like the sledgehammer. Well, listen, the montage music. Hear me out. Hear me out. Once a month. Um, I work at that trade run offense, right? Once a month. Um, you guys all have a tables, ladders, and cheers. Now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> JR when you need him. Dude, that'd be hilarious, man. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I'm super stoked about Hard Knocks. I'm super stoked about just all the posts that we throw up, man, just getting ready for the Raiders. Right. And um You know what would have been interesting though, if you, like looking back, is if they did hard knocks with Oakland next year mm -hmm. and like the transition to Vegas and what you know, yeah. let's just play devil's advocate. Let's say Incognito has a good year on that proven deal and they keep him and then you have perfect. So you still have the cast of characters intact and now they're going to Sin City. Like yeah. that would have been something yeah. to see. Speaking of the Raiders, um, the game today has a question that involves the Raiders. Mm. So I think it's a great segue for us to move into the game. Um, the game is very simple. It's a mini game. I have uh, only three questions and um, it's uh, true or false final statements made before executions. Wow. Right? Um, sitting at, uh, I was, uh, I was like on YouTube, I was watching one of those top 10 videos, right? Watch Mojo or whatever it was. Um, and the top 10, it was like top 10 best lines said before execution, right? So before you get put down for put either, down. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, put if, down listen, like a dog. Yeah. Like, like a dog. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, put down. I, if you're listen, come I here, have, old yeller, we're putting you down real quick. If society has decided that you are going to be put down to death. Right? Then you lose all credibility. Does it physically for me. hurt to just say executed? Yes. It yeah, physically you, hurt what, because you listen, put a human aspect to execute Exactly, it? yeah, because at that point, you were such a shit person for doing what so you, you did. So you compare them to man's best friend by being put down. Well, I mean, I feel like being put down is more... Uh, and here you go. You want to adopt a dog and you're lumping <laughs> Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson on death row to, hey, Charlie. Yeah, what's up, man? Listen, uh, so we're going to go to the gas chamber real quick. Okay, man. I'm your garbage man. Like, that's... That's no. what you're comparing them to. I, I want to adopt these the little well, puppies you want to adopt. I do want to adopt a dog someday, but the problem is, I always say this: like I want to do a like a like a dog timeshare. You know what I'm saying? Like if you do a dog timeshare and you just compare a murderer to a pup, listen, I don't you have, better I, listen, you better I don't name have, that first dog Charlie. I don't have the uh, just the discipline to take care of a dog. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the discipline to take it out every day in the morning, walk it, right? And, you know, pick up after his poop. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like I don't have the discipline for all that. But I do have discipline for like once a week for like three hours at a time, hanging out with a dog and petting it and stuff. Like that's what I want. That's truly what I want, right? <laughs> so so I, I always run you this. Really, bar. better get it. Like you get a, better get a dog and you name it Charlie. And then like every like every two weeks, you give it a little haircut yeah. and you leave out like a little patch. <laughs> where Charlie yeah. Manson was like etching things in his forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there you go. Well, <laughs> come on, Charlie, we're going to put you down. <laughs> like, come on. No, Execute it. Just say it. What's, but, seriously, what's your thoughts about a dog timeshare? Doing a dog timeshare. Because I don't want to take care of a dog. See, that's the one thing. Like, the one thing I understand with my dad when I was younger, I always wanted a pet. I always yeah. wanted a dog. Yeah. And everything was like tooth and nail. Like, you can't get a dog. You can't get a cat. Yeah. Hell, even, even getting a fish. It was like the silent treatment for two days because Why? because it was just like a pet in the house and we didn't want it. Does he have a thing against pets? I think he was of the school of thought that I'm from where we all know that out of the household, especially me when I was younger, if the dog had to go outside, 
It wasn't me taking him out at three in the morning. Yeah. It wasn't my sister. And it sure as hell wasn't my mom because she's asleep and then she's going to work the next day for 10 hours with kids in a school. Yeah. So that job would fall to my dad who's already breaking his ass at UPS and then breaking his ass at the house doing yard work. The last thing he wants to do is take out poor little Pongo to go out to the bathroom is at 3 o'clock in the morning. Pongo is his name? No, I didn't. I never had a dog. It's a joke from Dennis. I know, Larry. I know, but like, I was like, why would you name him? Well, haven't you seen 101 Dalmatians? Oh wait, it's a movie before 2000. Yes, exactly. So there, there, it's a classic. But whatever. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Like, I could just picture your dad and this dog being like best friends, like those memes. Oh where, yeah. Like, where like dogs are just like you know the the dad doesn't want the dog, but then like three months later they're like best friends. Right. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's you know it's it's great. Like you you know, I guess. With your with with your nephew, right? Yeah. Like you can hang out with the kid and get yeah. him all sugared up and get yeah. the toys that make the noise and give them back to your brother and you out of sight, out of yeah. mind. Like now he's gonna be dealing with the little Darth Vader piggy bank that's going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good old Zane, man. Good, yeah. good guy, Zane Chima. Shout yeah. out to Zane Chima. Look at that. Future listener of the podcast. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, but no, like finishing my thought on the whole do- doggy timeshare thing, I just feel like that could be a great like new app adventure that we can go through, right? We can like set up like five perspectives. Um, buyers on a dog, I guess, and have those guys timeshare the dog. That'd be kind of cool, right? Set their the schedule. Uber eats of dogs. Yeah, oh why not, man? There's God. a bunch of stupid apps out there for everything else. Why can't we do a, I don't know, dog Uber or whatever you want to there call it? There you go, doggy dog, Uber. Right? Jesus. We There'll be a picture of we a transport dog's head them, hanging out the window. We transport them on a nightly basis to the next uh, dog owner via Uber itself. Uber. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> On that note, let's get to the game of people right? being, oh, quote, I, put down. Yeah, but listen, let's finish up that thought as well. Like, if you are a shit person and you have gone to that point in life where society thinks we should uh, not have you breathing anymore, then you don't deserve to maybe to provide you with, like, human rights at that point. You know what I'm saying? That's you're, fine. You're not a human anymore. But I just, I'm still dying that you can't just say executed, but you will lump him in with man's best friend of we're going to put you down. Well, it's not even like it's not even dogs. You have to like put down like uh, I don't know. Oh, like, cat. Let's say let's say uh, <laughs> what are those animals that once they get a taste of blood, you got to put them down. What, what kind of animals are those? A shark. Like I don't well, fucking yeah, know. Yeah, that's what they say. You put them down. Like there's there's animals out there that if they get a taste of Amer- if they get a taste of human blood, you got to put them great. down. This is great. No, you got to put them down. So it's not just like dogs. It's like whatever else is out yeah, there. Yeah. Never mind. Listen. At, at the end of the day. If you're a shit person and you're on death row, you're put down, right? You're so shitty that I can't just say executed, which would put you in the class of you're a shit human being. But that's beside the point. So, Brandon, we're at 22 minutes. Right? Let's let me play the this, game. Let me get to this game, all let's right? Let's play the game. The put down game. The put down game. So listen. Let's go to the vet. Let's go to the vet, Charlie. It's very simple. It's three, que- it's three questions. Um, I'm going to give you two statements per question. Um, true or false, right? Okay. Christopher Scott Emmett. Um, he was executed for murder, obviously. Right? Shocker. Um, oh, he was actually executed. He wasn't put down. I'm trying to appease you, all right? I'm trying my best <laughs> to keep this on the rails here. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I'm trying shutting my best. Up, shutting up. So, this fool was put on death row and was executed. <laughs> was this final words, can we take a five-minute break, I gotta pee, or... Hurry up, I'm dying to get out of here. I'm going to go with uh, hurry up, I'm dying to get out of here. You're correct. (laughs) Hurry up, I'm dying to get out of here. On the scale of one to zero fucks given, zero fucks given. Oh, my God. At that point, you're just a comedian. Right. (laughs) It's like, oh, God. Um, Okay, number two. Vincent Gutierrez. He uh, was he before he was put down. Oh, here we go. Put down. (laughs) What did he say? Let's go to the ASPCA. I wonder if I'm a shit person in the afterlife or where's the stunt double when you need one? <laughs> going to go with the stunt double. Seems like a safe pick. You're correct, sir. You're correct. Final one. Um, I, don't know, I didn't get this guy's name for the final one. All right. Regardless, uh, this is a sports kind of like infused last words via his uh, put downness slash execution. Well, put downness. <laughs> did he or did he not say go Buckeyes or go Raiders? Go with uh, go Brutus. No, it was go Raiders. Go. It was an easy one. The fucking Raiders are just shit fucking fans. All of them. Yeah. There are a bunch of fucking fools out there. I just, I just felt like this would have been another opportunity for you to be like, yeah, he was a shit person. He killed people, but go Buckeyes. So. <laughs> 
It's fine. National champs, baby. Yeah. You know, spring when I saw that, uh, I was like, that makes complete sense. Because Oakland fans are shit fans, bro. <laughs> you know like, what? They're like killing each other in the parking lot of the Oakland Coliseum. Well, look at Bill's Mafia, man. Yeah. I don't know about shit. Well, Bill's, Bill's Mafia is stupid. They're just stupid as fuck. They're jumping off like a van into like a table. Like they're just dumb. But the Raiders fans, they'll straight up fucking kill you like in the stadium or outside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's why I'm not going to cast any shade. You got something to say there? No, I'm not going to cast any shade against people in the black hole. They look like a bunch, like they're literally dressed up with like Darth Vader with like the shell from football pads with spikes. They're looking like, you know, you're one step away from a guy rolling into the parking lot at the tailgate, like Mad Max, a dude with assless chaps fucking strapped to the front of a truck. Like, come on. No, I'm not fucking with. I'm not fucking with Oakland. You're right. They're fucking. Dude, what's gonna out. happen with like they go to Vegas? Like you're gonna have people fucking walking down the strip with like the silver and black with like the fucking mohawk. With, so, but it's not just any mohawk. It's got Elmer's glue. Just this, 15 feet tall. It's a good topic you bring up. Um, maybe we should like talk about this. If you were a fan, like, what's your view on this? Should the Oakland fans adopt their team moving forward um, when they go to Las Vegas? Or do they have free range at that point to pick a new team? I guess they have free range. I mean, yeah. if you Because look, this team left, left you. Now this, like team, this team said, fuck you, we're leaving. Yeah. Like, they, they were in Oakland for the longest time. And then they went to, to L.A. because Al Davis was chapped with the NFL about, I think it was actually a stadium deal in Oakland. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm going to move down to L.A. and I'll play in the Coliseum. I'll have a bigger market and bigger market share and all that. And then when L.A. didn't deliver on their promise of a new stadium, he's like, oh, well, I'll just go back to Oakland. They're actually going to build the Oakland Coliseum and I'm going to have a section called Mount Davis that's always going to be covered because there's never a fucking playoff game up there. Um yeah, and he moved back. So now you're going to Oakland. That's the third time you've ripped the team out of out of your fucking fan base. Yeah. Who's, they've been nothing but loyal. Even when this year, where the Oakland uh, Raiders were almost a designated homeless, where are we going to play in San Francisco? Are we going to play in San... I think it was like Santa Cruz or yeah, something like that. that yeah. And nobody wanted the them. Radium, yeah. Oakland still took them back. Yep. Granted, the Raiders had to work on a deal, but they still took them back, and now they're fucking leaving to yeah. Vegas next year. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. Like, if your home team leaves, then you have free reign to just go ahead and pick a new team. Right. Like, nobody's going to hold it against you to um, roll with the Raiders over to Las Vegas. At the end of the day, they're not there anymore. They basically said, fuck you. We're leaving. Like, yeah. You're not good enough kind of thing for us. Goodbye. You know what I'm like, saying? am I so, going to be upset if like a St. Louis Ram fan all of a sudden becomes like a Saints fan? Yeah. No, absolutely not. They have no team in the market anymore. Dude, uh, the bigger question is what happens when Shad Khan uproots the Jaguars to take them overseas to London? Dude, that, that's going to be the scheduler's worst nightmare because yeah. every bye week is factored in yep. like after traveling to, mm-hmm. to London. Yeah. So what? You're going to have teams on a bye week, week two? Mm-hmm. What they what the NFL should have done before they went across the pond is try Mexico first, and they tried that. They have have some Mexico Aztec games down there, right? Like yeah. it was actually like a series yeah, stadium Aztec, Aztec, or Aztec, Aztec or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you could have built up enough of a fan base in Mexico first, especially Mexico City. Um, put a team there first, then make your way across the pond to right. London or something. I don't know why they didn't try the Mexico aspect first and right. then move over, you know? I mean, NFL Europe was there, and, like, that folded. Oh, yeah. So what? Like, we're going to have the one... Like, you have to do what baseball did when the Dodgers went from Brooklyn to California and they became the LA Dodgers. You need another team to go out there with you to have a rivalry with. That's why the 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 the, San, the Giants left New York and they went to San Francisco as well too instead sure. of going to Washington yeah. uh, Washington DC. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Like you're going to have the Jaguars in London and then you're going to have what um let's just say the Tennessee Titans in Edinburgh, Scotland. Like yeah. Yeah. that's that's the only thing that could work f- for me. That's the only way I could see it working is you need at least an interconference rival to go with you. You can't be the fucking first person out there. Sure. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, what is the uh, what is the long term goal for the NFL? Um, do they want to have you know London, Berlin, um, you know Abu Dhabi, right? Do they want to become that global? Like the Formula One of yeah, football. Like Formula U, right? Formula U. <laughs> Formula U. Uh, but is that the, do you think that's the long term goal for the NFL, where they want to just globalize around the world? They just want to have uh, Tokyo, Shanghai. They want to have like right. thirty two teams in thirty two major markets, uh, thirty two major like international markets. And right. Is that what their goal is? Maybe. 
I guess, truly have a world championship. But then you could just do like what baseball did and just do like the World Baseball Classic every four years. You do and, that with fucking football. And without doing like too much deep dive into geopolitical, like, you know, just like policies out there, like they can't obviously, uh, the NFL can succeed um, in Europe because it's a Western, you know, uh, country coming over into Europe. And it speaks the same exact thing over there as well. Right. But I don't think they'll, they'll, I don't think NFL will take in like the, the Middle East or even like out there in China now with the just attention that we have with China nowadays. Right. I feel like that will be seen as like the Western game coming into our mm-hmm. backyard, trying to get us to um, give up, give up our soccer or our Formula One or whatever it is, you right. know, or our cricket. Um, and I think that is going to be the uh, the long term like big hurdle if they want to expand into yeah down into like Saudi Arabia and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I just think that if like you said, like if you're going to expand anywhere, start in Mexico. I mean, hell, there's been rumors that the Buffalo Bills are going to be going to Toronto since I mean I was. Fucking like seven years old, and Doug Flutie was playing. What's the point of that? It's right across the fucking right, and you have the CFL over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, but yeah, cool. Um, topic, uh, second topic of the day in regards to the NFL. Um, we are talking about Aaron Rodgers, correct? Yeah, give us the rundown on how to be a piece of shit again. Good old Aaron Rodgers. Listen. I thought these comments were going to come out end of year one when they had a bad year, right? And uh, people pointed fingers. What do you mean I thought, a two-game losing streak? Yeah, I thought these comments you're about to give the listeners a rundown of were going to come uh, much later in the year. But lo and behold, we're sitting here in mid-June and yep. talking about this no, shit. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers uh, kind of kind of made headlines in a slow dog day period of the NFL offseason where uh, him and... Him and Matt LaFleur, they did uh, interviews. It's kind of funny. They weren't sitting together in this interview with Mike Silver of the NFL media. They uh, were doing separate interviews. Um, But Aaron Rodgers sat down with Silver and discussed the uh, air quote audible thing in Matt LaFleur's offense. And uh, Rodgers was quoted, uh, you don't want me to turn off 11 years. And then he goes on to list, you know, people like Brady and Big Ben and Breeze as others who have freedom within their offensive schemes to change the play at the line of scrimmage as they see fit. Yeah. Mid-June, and he's saying this. Listen, and I don't have a problem with the content of what he's saying. It's the fact that he went out and said it. That's my biggest concern, Mm -hmm. right? That's him saying to the national media that my head coach is a moron, is what he's saying in a roundabout fucked up way, right? And that was some of the people's biggest fears was Matt LaFleur is not an old, older coach. Yeah. He's like a couple of years older than Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers can probably just bulldoze his way through this guy. Yeah. And I'm starting to get to a point where, um, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's very talented. Um, I get annoyed when people anoint him the best quarterback in the NFL just because of his talent. Um, that, doesn't, that doesn't do jack shit for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's starting to dawn on me that the guy is uncoachable, right? Um, this yeah. is uh, uh, the second. Uh, wait, let's, I mean, even if we go back. I mean, you could go. Let's dude, say he's been doing this for 10 yeah, years. Uncoachable, bad teammate, whatever you want to say. Negative energy in the locker room. Now it's fully documented. I mean, and, you know, in the past, we could always say, you know, well, uh, what's, what's the guy, the old head coach that got Oh, fired? Mike McCarthy. Yeah, well, Mike oh, McCarthy was a dumbass. Ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a nice guy. Or he Greg, does discount double check. Or Greg Jennings or Jamaica Finley, who had bad departures from Green Bay. They just have a vendetta. We can swipe that under that excuse. But now with more and more of this stuff coming out with Matt LaFleur and how Aaron Rodgers can get along with Matt LaFleur, right. now those old um, stories bring more light to it. They, right. they become more real. Right. And I mean, you could even look, I mean, listen, Matt LaFleur completely understands what he has with Aaron Rodgers. The only issue is, is that offense is built in such multi-layer, you know, facets of route running and pre-snap movement that by the time everything is set... You're going to have 10 seconds in the play clock, and a lot of those formations you can't really audible out of. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. going to be audible at your own, like, you know, your own peril, essentially. Yeah. So Matt LaFleur understands what he has, but when I saw these comments, I just immediately I went back and I read the Bleacher Report article by Tyler Dunn, and they broke down the Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers dynamic. And the one thing that stuck out to me was. Mark Murphy uh, reportedly being on the phone with Aaron saying, and I quote, don't be a problem with Matt LaFleur. Who has to say that to the quarterback? Right. Who has and then, to say that to their quarterback? Right. And then a couple of days later, Rodgers is on ESPN Milwaukee, like vehemently denying that that ever happened. That was like the main thing he was attacking in the story to discredit the whole thing was don't be a problem. So if he's saying that never happened, 
but it's imprinted by a writer that interviewed 50 plus people for the story. And now you're in mid June and Rogers has taken these passive aggressive swipes at his head coach. Yeah. How can you sit there and say that that quote wasn't factual? The truth is somewhere in the middle. So yeah. Here, here's my, I guess you want to call it a hot take or whatever you want to call it. I am more than, I am now more convinced than ever that Aaron Rodgers will not win another Super Bowl. This will be his last um, run in his prime with a head coach, right? So let's say if this feels miserably and the head coach gets fired for two years, right? You think he's going to last two years? I mean, at the end of the day, you got to give him two years. Like for some reason, you, you can't just pull the like. If you hey, look pull, what Arizona did. If you pull the plug after one year on a head coach, then you're just a shit organization, you know? I.e. the Cardinals. But the Cardinals are not the Packers. The legendary vaunted, great, the great history of Lombardi Packers. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're not the, they're not the, they're not the, they're not the Cardinals. So like, I think they're going to give him two years at least with just the cachet that organization has. Mm. And if that's two more bad years out of Aaron Rodgers' prime, I don't see him winning a Super Bowl late into his like 39s or 40 years old like Tom Brady. Right. In. And it's just like, you know, for those of you that's like listening, well, what the hell's the Matt LeFleur offense? Like, what's the big deal? Like this whole scheme, it's built on taking things off the quarterback. Sure. Like a lot of the offensive line protections is taken from the quarterback and it's put on the center. It's on the center to call the right protection uh, plays for whatever whatever happens that the quarterback automatically chooses because Matt LaFleur is going to key into Aaron Rodgers. He's going to give him two plays. And based on whatever criteria Rodgers sees, one of those plays is going to be the actual play and one of them is going to be the check if he doesn't like what he sees. So whatever the criteria is, that's what he's immediately going to check to. And this worked. Like, if you look in, in Washington, because LaFleur has been with uh, Kyle Shanahan for a decade, all yeah. the way back to the Houston days, like, they got uh, Robert Griffin III as Offensive Rookie of the Year when he came in, in this system. When you look at Matt Ryan, they got him to play fast. He hated being in the system in 2015 when those guys got down to Atlanta. And then within a year or two, they're the highest scoring offense in the NFL. They're, they're in the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan wins an MVP. This offense could work. It just comes down to whether or not Rodgers wants to buy into the system. Because this this could work with, a, with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the backfield and the outside zone running. And then you have Devontae Adams. He could be the Julio Jones of that offense yeah. if, if it goes the way it's supposed to go. Well, what... LaFleur's offense does is it streamlines the process before the snap. Yep. It makes everything efficient. It makes everything um, black or white, right? Yep. Um, and the bigger question has to be asked. If that Matt LaFleur was thrown into the Patriots locker room, if it was thrown into the Peyton Manning, Colts, or Broncos locker room, mm -hmm. would he be having these same conversations with Peyton Manning and, and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? Would he want to mold Tom Brady and Peyton Manning to his offense, or would he give him that liberty, right? And I, and I believe, in, my answer would be, he would give him that liberty just because those guys are proven uh, on the field, um, signal callers, and proven leaders as right. well. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then if you look at, say, you know, when Josh McDaniels left, and, you know, Bill O'Brien came in, you know, a couple of reporters were saying, uh, Albert Brewer being one of them, that Brady straight up texted Bill O'Brien saying, I want to be coached. Yeah. So I think a lot of that is if you could teach someone something new, I mean, hell, like we all say, like Adam Gase, how hard is it to coach Peyton Manning? Yeah. But like, you have to have a little crescendo yeah. to have the ear of Peyton Manning. So you have to be coachable. Yeah. Like, you have to be coachable on a certain level. And, you know, Tom Brady, yes, he has complete free reign of the offense with Josh McDaniels. But it's not like he's really deviating from the game plan. If Aaron Rodgers wanted to keep his, you know, uh, artificial intelligence at the line of scrimmage, maybe you shouldn't have run out Mike McCarthy from there. Well, I think you brought up a great point there where um – it comes down to the attitude of the player as well, right? Tom Brady, he, everything that you hear about Tom Brady is positive. Every teammate has everything positive to say about it. Every coaching staff has something positive to say about um, Tom Brady just because he's willing to put in the work. He's willing to just kind of, you You're know. You're not going to find anyone that's going to have a bad word to say about exactly, him out the right? door. 
but like look at Arata's side and there's just shit teammates like there's teammates that just shit on him right on top of that now he's being labeled as uncoachable and like you know he's like getting to, gets into these the fucking you know hissy fits with like the fucking coaching staff and like the death just, stairs there's just a lot there man like it's just like bad energy bad team bad vibes everything all the way around with Aaron Rodgers just seems to be negative in a sense and he seems to be the only one that's saying anything because Devontae Adams and you know Aaron Jones I mean Devontae Adams was quoted in the story being like yeah. we could see a lot of big things and Aaron Rodgers he was saying a little bit towards the end that yeah there's a lot of big play potential we're we you know we're gonna we're gonna spread everybody out wide and and we'll go from there but you know I just you don't want me to turn off 11 years seeing defenses yeah braggadocious right like, oh. My, Matt Ryan was in the league at the time in 2015 to 16 with these guys for seven or eight years, uh, I'm pretty sure he saw enough defenses that he could on a lot of things, but he bought in and he won an MVP. So, you know, and I don't understand why in this story and then when he was on ESPN Milwaukee, you know, refuting the whole Bleacher Report article being like, yeah, when uh, when Mark Murphy called me, we had a great discussion. They said, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards getting uh, Matt LaFleur as the head coach. What do you think about it? And he's like, yeah, I'm all on board. So how do you go from all on board to now this whole audible thing is a problem? Because, Jay, I went on YouTube and Google and I found everything I could look find on Mike, uh, on Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme, what Matt LaFleur did in Tennessee, and then what he did with Jared Goff in L.A. Yeah. Uh, two years ago. It's not that fucking hard to find. Yeah, of course. And I'm not even having access to a fucking locker room and tape. I'm literally going on YouTube. How hard is it to find that? Yeah, yeah. Just Aaron needs to stop. Yeah. You want to win another ring? You want to solidify your yourself in the Hall of Fame? Take coaching. Buy the teammate and go out there and play. Yeah, the game. yeah. yeah. This is a West Coast offense. Like, yeah. you, there's a lot of lingo. Maybe you should get your head in the playbook. I, uh, I before the season starts. Uh, well, actually, like a few weeks ago, I, I said that the person that I'm watching out for for big things is Aaron Rodgers. Like, I have him as an MVP candidate. Um, additionally, I think that Packers team is going to have a great season, probably win that division. But, like, you see stories like this, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, why don't you even put your trust in this guy? You right. Know? So, um, we'll see how it pans out. We'll see how training camp goes. I have I reserve the right to maybe, like, change my mind on that decision uh, mid, midway through training camp. Right. But if this if this bullshit still continues in training camp, then there's no way there's no way they're in that division. Right. You know? Right. I mean, from a fantasy aspect, this is a fantasy-friendly offense. Like, yeah. you got Devontae Adams. You got Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. Um, and then your breakout candidate, his name is escaping me, but he is a Packers wide receiver. You can yep. go back two episodes yeah. in your feed and you'll find it. Uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. This is a fantasy-rich offense. It's a good if offense. If it fucking works. It's a good offense. Like, I was on Twitter saying that if they're, you know, 1-3 or 0-3, uh, you're going to see Aaron Rodgers doing a little bit more passive-aggressive stuff. And then, you know, you're gonna, he's probably going to get the guy fired. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll give him that, dude. Speaking of offenses, man, like, you know how, uh, like, three, four months ago, I had, um, when Gronk retired, I had just some serious, like, concerns about the office of the Patriots going mm-hmm. forward. But I saw a post the other day about how Tom Brady and Josh Gordon were working out. Um, and we had this conversation yep. about how, like, what does indefinite mean for Josh Gordon? Right. Um, but could you imagine if we had him for just for a little bit at the end of the season or midway through the season? When he's got fresh legs and you're making a playoff push? Dude, think about that receiving core with Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Demarius Thomas... Oh, now you're buying it on Demarius and, Thomas. And Josh Gordon. Well, I'm buying it. Oh, Assuming listen, he I, makes it out I of think, camp. I think, yeah, I think Demarius Thomas won't make the team. But if he does, and he's the fourth best wide receiver we have, like, come on, that's like absolutely gold right there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? With all those running backs out of the backfield, like, I think, like, it's shaping up. And then some of the defensive moves as well, it's shaping up to be a really good Patriots team. I'm actually super excited about the upcoming season. Yeah. For us. I mean, hell, even being a Dolphins fan, I could step back and say, no. Like someone that couldn't step back you know, with the Buffalo Bills, but that's neither. I, I do not even. I do not even <laughs> say that I'm, bi- I'm like you know I'm biased. Like I'm not. A, I'm not objective. You know that. Come on. People uh, come to the podcast for our opinions. Well, my opinion, your analysis, right? A little bit of both <laughs> my over stupid here. stories about Starbucks cups and being. You know saved. what? Speaking speaking of Starbucks, yeah. Uh, my my dad had a take for you. Oh, that's right. In regards to Starbucks. You know, Papa Silva. Is he a is he a Starbucks uh, connoisseur? No, he's a, he's a Dunkin' Donuts guy. Oh, but but I strike one, Papa Silva. But he did say, I still like you, man. You're my he, boy. He did say, tell that co-host of yours, tell Jay that if he doesn't want to worry about condensation, just make some fucking coffee popsicles and suck on that, and then you don't have to worry about throwing things out the car. All you have is a stick. 
Like, there's no condensation. You can suck on that all day, and there's no problem. So, yeah. Papa Silva, I thought we were close. I thought we were homies. Come yep. on, bro. Yep. Throw so, me under the bus like so that. a little critique. You know, maybe you can just get some coffee. You put them in, put them on a little popsicle, and then we'll see what happens. What did, uh, what did Mama Sola say about it? Oh, she this? died. She yeah? died at the Starbucks bit. She she loved it. She's what, the like, condensation only... one or the save me? Uh, oh, dude, the whole thing. The, the cup, the the save, the, the yeah. save me bit. Yeah, no, the whole thing, the, the whole thing, the, the family love. But my dad had a hot take about the uh, the, the condensation. <laughs> the condensation. I can't wait to see him again and uh, be like, "Yo, what's your? Uh, you want to say something to me?" Right no, my dad, my dad being the jokester and wise ass yeah. that he is, no, he'll, dad, probably, he'll but, probably have coffee popsicles ready in the bullpen for you. When dude, you I can't wait. There. Now that he's saying, now that you're saying it, like he's got to do when I go. Oh there, yeah, you know? don't worry, don't worry. Right. He'll come through clutch. Now he's good peeps, man. I do like your mom and your dad, man. Yeah, good peeps. And yeah, support the podcast. So mm-hmm. we love those guys up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to get to, brother? I mean, man? really, this. The only other news item, and it's not even much to talk about, is just the replay. Yeah. Like the the competition committee, they they kind of finalized what their thoughts are this year. Uh, it's going to be back to what they proposed in March, where any replay uh, for passing interference, offense and defensive and non calls is going to be initiated from up in the booth uh, in the last two minutes of a half or of a game or an overtime. You know, it's. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. The way I read it is unless you're completely mauling somebody, yeah. like they're not gonna initiate Listen, a replay on every ticky tack play. Yeah, and uh, I watched that NFL video they threw out there on Twitter, um, explaining just left a stuff. Lot of questions. Yeah, it was just it was just very vague. There's no answers, people. What Brandon just broke down for you is it is what it is. It's gonna be basically the same exact thing next year with just now that there's a little bit more um, I guess eye on stuff like that and they can like actually call it. So like I don't know, man. Like, I, I, it's still still very vague. Um, they still haven't defined what a Hail Mary is. Like, that, that kind of bugs me for some reason. I don't know why. Right. They're um, going to hold it to the same standard. Which yeah, but, we've there, never but seen there's it. no definitive solution from the NFL right now. Right. Because if they held it to the same standard every time in the end zone, you would see a yellow flag. Yeah. Yeah, for exactly, right? Yeah, if, so. if the Hail Mary is called like every other play, dude, it would be a it would be a passing interference every single time. Right. The the team that's, you know, trying for the Hail Mary would get the ball at the 1-yard line and it'd be a higher chance of Right. Like you just you're just going to see it. Yeah. You're going to see a shit ton of replays yeah. in like the first 3 weeks of preseason. Yeah. And then everyone on ESPN and NFL Network and PFT, they're all going to be like, "Oh, look what happened. Look what happened. You know, it's it's replay gone wild. It's going to slow the game down." And then by like week 1 or 2, it's just going to be unless you're completely mugging somebody, they're not going to replay everything. Yeah, man, and uh, I, this is lip service. This is simply just you know some lip service that the NFL is providing for us fans. Yeah. Uh, because I will agree, what happened down in New Orleans, right or wrong, whatever your thoughts are on after the actual play happened, the play calling by, by Sean Payne, in a vacuum, that play was incorrectly called. Right. Well, not called, you know what I'm saying? Right. That play was should have been an actual foul, but it wasn't called. So, I mean... That's just the NFL trying to appease us for what we saw. Yeah. And something that's so fresh in our minds. Now, you know, there'll be another big controversy, another big blown call in a big game, and then we'll just right. forget all about this, you know? And you know what? Like, I, I was banging this drum last week, and I'll say it again. Like, the average age of a referee is 51 years old. We all can just watch a, a roughing crew, and they're not in the best of shape. And listen, I'm no Brad Pitt. That's no shape. It's just a fucking fact. Like, you're not going to want me to try to chase down Tyreek Hill. On a sideline, I side think you would win. I think you would um, win a race, bro. So, like, if Listen, you want to suck, Puma versus the Cheetah, like, I mean, come on. Yeah, and then I, I'm sucking wind <laughs> on the sideline, sitting next to fucking Vince Wolfork and you know overalls, trying to sell me Kingsford charcoal. I'm sorry, let me back. I'll let me back. The Puma yes. versus the Cheetah. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they really wanted to fix this, focus more on training. Get a little bit more athletic people in there. I know you were floating the idea of having players that used to yeah, play. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you dig up Mike Florio and a couple other former referees that are working for Fox or ESPN yeah. or, or CBS. You put them in there. Yeah. And then you have them be the Sky Judge. Yeah, you. Uh, I said this last week, which what you do is you have Sky Judges, um, like like you mentioned, um, or replay officials, whatever you want to call whatever them. Whatever fancy senior, title you want to Whatever fancy title you want to give them. You get some of the most senior NFL referees right now on the field with like 20, 25 Imagine years Imagine Hockey League. Up yeah, there. throw them up there into the uh, the booth so they can review stuff from up there. On the field, you fire every single referee that's out there right now. And what you do is you hire um, retired players, right? Um, and have them ref the game. Mm. Um, if you're on the field playing the game, 
you have a different perspective, right? Right. Um, you come out. This is the way I would see it. You would come out. For, you would actually retire. You would have one year of training on the job, and then you would have a shelf of maybe five to seven years of refereeing after that, and then you just cycle through retired players and have them officiate the game, bro. Yep. That's, that's, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? Yeah, it does make too much sense. Like I said, it's like a 19-step paper fortune teller for to just get to the blatantly obvious. So yeah. Improve training, put a put veteran people up in the sky judge box, and, you know, we don't have to do this whole let's put napalm on a rule book. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, man. Uh, what, the last NFL topic we want to get to is the uh, Michael Thomas thing? Yeah, to get to that? Michael Thomas. So uh, this week uh, he was... Uh, reported by, uh, I just had it here. Shit. Uh, some guy from the, the Times Picayune. Just, just pick up a name. Times Picayune, uh, he reported that Michael Thomas wants to be the highest paid wide receiver, which the Saints are comfortable with. But he also wants to get $22 million a year, which I don't think the Saints are comfortable with giving him. Yep. And that's um, and they're right. They should be uncomfortable making an offer that big to a system-wide receiver. Yep. Um, I believe that you take any um, above-average wide receiver and you stick that person in that New Orleans offense with... Uh, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, then that guy's going to produce. Um, look at a couple years ago, Marcus Colson producing that offense, you know? Yeah. Robert Meacham, just above average wide receivers in that offense can produce. Um, so I don't think he warrants $22 million a year just for being a system-wide receiver. Um, he's not in the level of DeAndre Hopkins or Odell or Julio Jones. Sure, his you know his catching and his abilities, like his actual catch percentage is amazing. Yeah, it's like 72. Yeah, but then again, a lot of them are like shorter slant routes in that offense where they get the ball to him immediately within like five yards of the line of scrimmage and then he goes, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so at the end of the day, $22 million is way too much money for him. I would put him in the ballpark between 15 and $17 million, you know, 17 yeah. a little bit on the higher end. Um, additionally, I think you brought this up yesterday when we were talking. Um, it's just been one year of production, right? So you want to see more out yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was taking the second round, so the fifth year option isn't on the table. Like it, once this season's done, it's he's a he's a fucking free agent. So naturally, they don't want that to happen. I could see, you know, this playing out. Obviously, Thomas doesn't want to leave money on the table. Sure. You know, by the time he gets to training camp, so I can see maybe a three, four year deal, like you, like you know, you said we were saying yesterday, fifteen to seventeen million. Yeah. I mean, you don't Odell when they backed the Brinks truck up, they already picked up his fifth year option, yeah. so he wasn't going anywhere. If they yeah. didn't sign, if they didn't have a deal, he's still on the fifth year rookie contract. They just tacked that on uh, to make him the highest p uh, paid wide receiver in the game. So, I mean, you know, last year he had 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns. The year before, in 2017, he was uh, 1,245 and five touchdowns. And the year before that, he was like 95 catches. Like, I just need to see more. Yeah. I need to see more of on this level. And there's like a lot of wide receivers hitting free agency uh, at the end of the year, like Julio Jones and Amari Cooper and, uh, I mean, hell, even Robbie Anderson. What if they all ball out of their mind? And then Michael Thomas is a little bit less than what he did last year. Like now you're kind of handcuffed and you you're asking for a big wide receiver money. But I mean, hell, Robbie Anderson outperformed you, yep. and you're you're not even matching your production from last year in a Sean Payton offense. Yeah, no, I'm not backing the Brinks truck up that bad. Yeah, no, man, I agree with you, man. And maybe if uh, maybe if he was three, four years of this production, you know what I'm saying? Then maybe I can see it. But it's been like what one breakout year for him, and that's really it. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Um, if anything. Maybe they should um, escalate his contract. This is something that the, the NFL doesn't do, but maybe it's one of those things where, hey, next year you get paid you know, $16 million a year. And then if you keep producing, year two of that contract, you will book up to $20 million, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Year three, if you keep producing, you'll get the $22 million that you want. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't think a system-wide receiver should demand that kind of money. Um, but then again, that's just my thoughts. Um, and, and even me being the Ohio State fan, you would think I would be on his side because he is from Ohio State. Um, but even watching him at Ohio State, Go about guys, by the way. Like, he, if he didn't have a quarterback, like uh, a guy that can get him the ball, he was you never heard about him in college. Like, he right. was just he's just another guy out there. He couldn't get open. He couldn't like make those catches. So, right. at the end of the day, that system wasn't set up for it. You know, the the West Coast offense kind of slants that um, New Orleans runs. Um, it was more of a um, RPO action for Ohio State. So he kind of just got lost in the shuffle. Right. Know? So that's really all I got football-wise for this week. Uh, yet again, like I said on the promo video, we're in the dog days of summer. So there's really nothing going on. Dude, dog days, I've still got 53 minutes down, bro. Oh, what, you're going you're gonna to put people down? 
You put put a dog down. I'm not gonna put a dog down, but I will. Go. I will be in full support of putting murderers down. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> put them down. Executed. Yeah. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah. Same difference. You know. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Not breathing anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to get to, brother man? You you sent me a text about what you sent me a video for Klondike. Oh yes, yes. So yes, what the yes. hell was this about? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, there's a great viral marketing campaign that Klondike is doing, um, where they're taking parents that are expecting a child putting him in a room and saying, "Hey, listen, um, if we provide you with." <laughs> Lifetime supply of Klondike bars. Would you change your name? Would you change your baby's name to Klondike? Um, and one of the couples agreed to it. And after some negotiation, it wasn't the first name that was Klondike. It was the middle name that was the Klondike. It was Klondike, and right. uh, they ended up um, getting free uh, ice cream for life. So, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, I feel like if I was in that situation, I would I would take that and offer. That's not like a hard I'd be like, name. Come on, middle name. Like who's gonna ever say right. middle name? That's not you know, like a hard name to to pawn off. Yeah. I was like, I mean, hell, it's 2019. You had literally a girl. I don't know if you saw the story a couple of months ago. They were trying to get on a Southwest flight. And mom did the super original name of doing like her name literally A B C D E, yeah. but pronounced it Absidy. Yeah. But when the gate agent saw it, like you literally named your daughter like the first couple of word letters yeah. in the alphabet, and then yeah. all hell broke loose. So yeah. no Klondike. That's, that's easy. The, that's Could you easy. imagine J Klondike Chima? Yeah, Brandon De Puma Klondike Silva. <laughs> see, that's a little bit of a mouthful. I mean, I love me some Klondikes, yeah. but like, see, but the problem is though, like Klondike wouldn't be big enough for me to like. Consider that. I, mean, I still would probably, but like, are you gonna was, name your firstborn Starbucks? Uh, I would fucking love it, dude. If you, if Starbucks, Starbucks came to me, vanilla chai, dude, Chima. If Starbucks came to me and said, "Jay Chima, you're a loyal customer for 20 years now. Looks like you're having a baby on the way. Where to go?" All also, if you name your kid Starbucks Chima, we'll give you a lifetime supply of Starbucks. I'd be like, sign me up right now. See, my <laughs> my thing, I would. I mean, I would. Do whatever for uh for I love me some sweet tarts. Yeah. They're my favorite candy. Sweet tarts though? I love sweet tarts. Really? Dude, love sweet tarts. Ah, but that's nasty. it's hard because like unless I have twins, not I have twins because I'm not carrying a child. I'm not Oh, you don't it, say. You know, it'd be the father of twins. I'm not gonna pawn that off of yeah, yeah, it's my baby shower, it's my kid, yeah, it's my party. Um no, so unless I have twins, I can't really name a child sweet tart. Why not? That'd be weird. Sweet tart silva. STS. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I love my folks, but I don't think they thought that hard about my initials. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, BS. Yeah, dude. When I was in Daniel Webster, a lot uh, of bullshit coming out of that. Anyway, yeah. No. Oh, it's hot air, <laughs> asshole. Anyways, um, you know, when when I went to Daniel Webster with uh, you know Blake, friend of the podcast, up in the eight hundred two, uh, we you know for air traffic, we had to come up with operating initials. So. They're going down the, the list, and you know Blake is BE, and my boy Tom Beck was, um, I think it was T, TB, he was something else. And then they get to me, and my professor, Professor Hayden, was like, Brandon, you're going to go with bullshit? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to go with Bravo Golf. And I went home like, Mom, I love y'all, yeah, but you really didn't think this whole name <laughs> thing through, huh? She's like, what are you talking about? Like, Brandon Silva? Yeah. BS? Bullshit? And she's like... Ah, like she got like seven chuckles off of that. Like, I like what it. the fuck? What does the guy got to do around yeah, here? Yeah. Um, so my first full name is Jawad, J-A-W-A-D. Yeah. My brother's first full name is Fawad. Yeah. So my parents also were like, all right, we put effort in for one kid. <laughs> but just change the... <laughs> Real original, mom. <laughs> but you know, I've, I've actually given this some thought. Like I... um. If I'm ever lucky enough to, you know, find a girl and, you know, get married and if I'm ever lucky enough to have a kid, um, if it's a chick, I think I'm going to name, uh, you know, the baby girl. August. No. Scarlet. Scarlet for Scarlet and Grape for Ohio State Colors. So Scarlet Chima would be a great name, it's not right? Bad. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a boy, it will still be Ohio State theme. Well, like it's gonna I, be Woody. No, no, it'd be a uh, Brutus Chima because you don't hear Brutus, Brutus Chima. You don't hear Brutus anymore. In, what are we in the Roman times? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Bring Brutus back, bro. 
I don't know how well that's it a works. great that's a great I gotta, I gotta he's a go, great leader. Bruce I gotta is go a great back leader, and, you know. I gotta go back and watch uh, you know Netflix, the Roman Empire. I don't know if it turned out too good for for Brutus. It did, of course, but at the time he was you know he was a great leader. Brutus is a great yeah. leader, right? Yeah. So I mean, Ohio State themed. If I ever have kids, man, Scarlet Chima for the baby girl. Well, that's a great name, great mm-hmm. name to her, right? And then Brutus Chima for the boy. Yeah, yeah. What time are we at? We got one, one more. What time for one more? <laughs> we had 59 minutes for us. Awesome. Real quick, I'll bring up OJ because that oh, was another, go. That was another thing oh, God. that made the news. Listen, don't act. Oh, God. You sent me his first tweet, which was a video. I, I, only wish, on I only wish I was in the room when you saw that tweet. Dude, I woke up. I woke up and you know, I, was, I, I hit snooze on the alarm and I look and I see the little blue envelope on my phone. I'm like, oh, well, Jay sent me something on Twitter. And I look and it's Fucking OJ. Like, first thing in the morning, like, I see OJ, and I see his video, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be on Twitter, and, uh, you know, you're going to hear all my random thoughts on politics and fantasy football and just about anything, and, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I got a lot of getting even to do, and I heard... Got a lot of getting even to do, and I'm thinking there's a lot of people that are about to go missing, like missing person status with yep. uh, with Orenthal James Simpson at yep. the real OJ32 yep. on Twitter tracking people down, and uh, it's just it's all it's all OJ's fault. So well, I, we had this conversation yesterday as well. Like I don't think it's all OJ's fault. I know you have this um, you have this idea in your mind that if OJ didn't exist. Um, or if he didn't go up and murder those people, um, that the Kardashians wouldn't, wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. I think some way, somehow, that Kardashian family would have gone to fame no matter what. Uh, like, dude, Ray J was still was still gonna bone Kim Kardashian. That was the real. Yeah, but comment. how is Ray J gonna even know who Kim Kardashian is if she's not parading around being like, "Oh yeah, my dad was on the Dream Team defense team when OJ lopped his wife's head off," and oh yeah, she's also banging and married to at the time. Chris Jenner, uh, you know, American, you know, Olympic hero, multi gold medalist in the triathlon. And, He's Caitlyn now. Oh well, yeah, you, you're right. She's now Caitlyn. Show some respect. Right? I am showing respect. I, I literally put in the past tense that you know at the time she was married to a dude that was named Chris who was also an Olympic hero. Like no, it's all OJ's fault. If OJ didn't fucking kill anybody, then this this whole thing isn't a thing. There's no there's no e news now. Now you know it's gone off the rails to the point where. Kardashian Kim is in the Oval Office with Donald Trump talking prison reform. Hey, hey, you show respect to Kim Kardashian, all right? Prison reform extraordinaire out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's doing doing a lot of reform up in Beverly Hills real quick. Dude, dude, she's out there just fighting for our rights, man. She's fighting. She's making sure prison reform is something that's front center, Uh right? She's the next great politician. Wasn't her brother about to go inside? Is that why she's doing prison reform? Because they knew they'd pass his ass around like a joint? After Donald Trump being president, I could totally see a Kim Kardashian president. And she'd be ten times better, truthfully. I mean, (laughs) he can only go up, right? But yeah, no. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a poll on Twitter. Hell, I'll even I'll even tag OJ in it and take my chances with life. It'd be like if OJ didn't do what air quote allegedly he did, would the Kardashians be a thing? Dude, listen, I don't. And if OJ shows up at my house, I lived a good life. So listen, it's uh... <laughs> like hey, Brandon. <laughs> hey, look, there's just, a glove by the pool. I just pictured my reaction to finding out that. You know, Brandon's been murdered. And my first thought would be like, well, fuck, who do I find to replace him on the podcast? Awesome. Awesome. It's <laughs> like, oh, did OJ do it? Find the search immediately. <laughs> Brandon, uh, Brandon poked the bear with OJ. Yeah. He, no, got, this, he got what was coming his way. Gonna be, there's going to be a lot of things. There'll be a little poll about the Kardashians, and then there'll be a picture of you juxtaposed yeah. with uh We had this conversation yesterday, and, and I think it would be good to bring it up as well. Like, it, the whole prison thing, right? Like... If I were to go to prison, how long do you think I would last? You know what I'm saying, well, how long do you think you would last? I know right? I wouldn't last. I gotta punch a guard when I get off the bus. Yeah. I gotta, I, like every time, like as soon as I get off the bus, I'm punching a guard. Yeah. I'll get thrown in the hole for like a week, and then when I come out, I'll punch the guard again. I'll just sit back down. Yeah. Like, do you, no, I'm not built for prison, dude. Like, those I would think, be my last words on the execution chair. I'm I, not built for prison. I think, like at the end of the day, like um, I could possibly last. Listen, I would, I would love to think. I can go in there and I can like last like 60 days or six months, wherever it is the term is, you know what I'm saying? I know for a fact in six hours I'm done, bro. Haven't you seen Oz? Come on. 
Haven't you seen like Oz? I, like, I would do everything I would see in movies, right, to assert my dominance, and I'd be killed in six assert hours. Assert your dominance? Yeah, I, I would. You, no, hang on a second. Listen, assert listen, your dominance. Listen. You're afraid to ask for an insulated coffee cup at Starbucks. You're going to assert your dominance for people that have been convicted of murdering folks. What I said in a sentence was, I would do everything I see on TV that people say you should do to assert your dominance when you go to prison. Uh-huh. The first thing being, you find the biggest guy, and you punch him out, right? You punch and him. then you find the guard, you punch him out, right? And then when you go to the fucking nurse's office, you punch her out too as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I would do all that and Tyree like immediately I would like somebody would come out for me in six hours and kill me. You know, it'd be over. It'd be a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh <laughs> yeah. Unless you're punching the guy to get thrown in the hole, Jay. No shade. You're not built for prison either. So <laughs> <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> um we're at an hour and four minutes, and I think we've had enough. I think we did have enough. We bullshit. dabbled in two subjects of football in like 90% bullshit. I, would, I actually told the fans out there, I do want some feedback from you guys. We want some feedback from you to um, let us know. what Did you enjoy this episode? Did you like how we just had a bunch of random BS and a couple of football topics here and there? But I do want to see what the feedback is from this yeah. episode, you know? It'll be great. Now, we did have Pat yesterday oh, yes. plugging his page. Yep. And like we said earlier, the audio quality was bad. So we're going to plug in one more time. So if you're a, a beer enthusiast, I'm not a beer guy. I'm typically the, the hard liquor, you know, gin and tonic or just whiskey, whiskey on the rocks. But he kind of converted me to being a little bit of a beer aficionado. So if you want to see what he's got on tap, he's got a, a pretty decent beer palette. Uh, a lot of different things, and oh, he has a beer power. A, right? a lot of different things on that page. A lot, and I'm His the worst. I'm the worst. I'll just go buy what I think is a cool can and uh, just give him give him a can and see what he thinks. And uh, if he likes it, it's a stamp of approval. So if you want to see what he's got, it's uh, on Instagram at beer underscore adventures underscore ct. So we'll 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 put a little link on our page as well too to to find him if you're a beer guy hashtag craft beer hashtag uh, brews. So yeah, that's that's our boy Pat. Show him some love. Go to his page. Otherwise, plug wise for us, uh, you can find Pro Football Radio Podcast on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. And Jay, you want to tell him about the the take the take PFR with you. Yeah. Bit. So what we've been doing is uh, we would like for you to just show us where exactly you listen to PFR um, Profile Radio. Um, well, the Instagram page for Profile Radio would will retweet you or regram you and show you some love if you send us a snapshot of where you watch uh, Profile Radio, uh, where you listen to Profile Radio, and uh, the hashtag we use will be uh, take PFR with you. Yeah. Yeah. We we, we had people on the beach. We've had a pilot to show us uh, show us some love. So yeah, get creative. Show us what you're doing while you're listening into it and uh yeah we'll definitely uh hit you back up but plug wise that's really all i got as always it's customary to say you're fired that was good that was good oh one second one second da puma jay chima your take on jim kelly and jim trash whether or not you should put down a prisoner or just execute them if they kill people <laughs> just the fact you had those takes Jejima, you're fired! That never gets old. That truly never gets old. Dude, it gets old. better every time. Oh my god. Um, we love every one of you guys. Thanks so much for your support. Um, we look forward to your feedback, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Acondios.